and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Soothe to Sleep Stories. I'm actually using my Yeti mic. How it would be interesting to see if this is more clear than my iOS mic that I use when I record from my phone. If you're just joining me, welcome. I am going to soothe you to sleep tonight. I usually like to read a story from the Bible or a nursery rhyme or even sing a lullaby of any style. Tonight, I wanted to do something a little interesting. I wanted to read to you a sample of the Jesus Bible. Have you heard of it? It was received or it landed in my inbox today and I just couldn't put it down when I just read the first paragraph. So I won't be monetizing this podcast. Even though the Bible is public domain, what's so neat about this Bible is it's a book that is It adds the words as if Jesus Christ himself were speaking. You'll see what I mean. But first, let us get comfortable. If you could find a safe place that's comfortable for you, whether you are pulled over in your truck or car on the road, and you just need to lay down your head for a while and rest, or you're nestled in your bed, or in your recliner chair, or sofa, wherever it may be, may I ask you to just let your eyelids fall and feel the flicker of your lashes. And as you do, I want the muscles behind your cheeks, between your brows, to soften. Just let that tension go. I would also ask for your smile or frown to soften. I would also ask for any tension in your neck to just relax, let go. And if you could allow any tension to release from the top of your spine and your shoulders, from oh, it would just be so neat.
If you could allow any tension to release from the middle of your spine, your lower spine, down your waist and pelvic area. And if you could also allow the tension to release from your tailbone area. That's where we hold a lot of tension, believe it or not. And from your hips, if you could just let that go. Just let that tension go. And from your thighs and your knees. your legs, including your calves and your shins. And your ankles, down your feet, the arches of your feet. And your toes, if you could just let the tension go from your toes, wouldn't that be nice? I think it would be. We just hold so much tension in our feet, don't we? Especially on a day like Monday. What was your day like today? Did you find yourself Worrying about anything? Sometimes that's what I find myself doing is worrying, especially on Mondays. Mondays can be hard. But for some reason, I just got a lot done a lot of technological things done that needed to be done, like updating softwares on systems. With technology that's updating itself so quickly that it's almost impossible to keep up. Well, I'm just glad that I'm here now. And I try to pray for hours a day. If you have any prayer requests, will you let me know? My bio is in the description box. And I would love to pray for you and intercede for you.
So let's start with the book of Matthew. And right before I do, this is what I want to do for you. I want you to just inhale with me all the cares and burdens of today. And exhale, laying them all at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. Well, I will be reading from the New International Version. That's the version that's used in the Jesus Bible. So it was recorded that the birth of Jesus was around 5 BC and that Herod and Antipas that ruled Galilee and Perea ruled between 4 BC to 39 AD. He passed away just a few years after Christ's resurrection and Jesus's ministry, death and resurrection was 27 to 30 AD, just three years. And the kings that came and went throughout the Old Testament with each successive king, the hope of the people of God continued to fade. Israel longed for the promised king who would usher in God's peace and deliverance. With their own eyes, they witnessed the failure of even the best kings, the demise of the nation, and the exile of God's people. Though the prophets spoke of a coming day when God would prove faithful, the lengthy silence after Malachi's writing, he was the last prophets of the prophets whose book was recorded and included as the last book of what we know as the Old Testament. And after Malachi's writing, it left the fate of God's people seemingly in question. The Gospel of Matthew proclaims Jesus to be the long-awaited king, and that's a capital K, of kings, the one to whom the entire Old Testament points. Matthew was a Jewish believer. He begins his summary of Jesus' life and ministry with a lengthy genealogy that served to connect the Lord's coming to the promises God made to David so long ago. He was a king like David, but one who would succeed where David failed and accomplish what David had been incapable of doing in his life. At the conclusion of the book, the sign that hung above Jesus' head on the cross ironically makes the same claim. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. As recorded in Matthew chapter 27, verse 37. Between these two bookends, Matthew makes a clear and compelling argument for the divine origin of Jesus and his kingly role among his people. Though many Jews in Jesus' day 
were blind as they were. To all kinds of things. As identity for one. Matthew anchors Jesus' life and mission in the Old Testament promises of God. He uses more than 70 quotations or allusions from the Old Testament. And that's A-L-L-U-S-I-O-N-S. Not allusions, but allusions from the Old Testament. Matthew demonstrates that Jesus is the promised king who came to fulfill the hope of his people. Matthew invites his readers to embrace the rightful king through faith and repentance and submit to life in the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Those who come under the rule and reign of the king find this king to be a righteous and loving ruler who humbly serves his beloved kingdom citizens. This king invites his people to participate in his mission to the world and the establishment of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. In his kingdom, Jews and Gentiles alike find forgiveness of sin, peace with God, and hope for this life and the next. Matthew chapter 1 This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez, the father of Hetzron, Hetzron, the father of Ram, Aram, the father of Aminadab, Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abiyah. Abiyah, or Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Yehoram. Yehoram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, the father of Jotam, or Jotam. Jotam, the father of Ahatz. Ahatz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Ammon. Ammon, the father of Josiah. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, the father of Abihud, Abihud, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Akim, Akim, the father of Elihud, Elihud, the father of Eliezer, Eliezer, the father of Matan. Matan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 
14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Verse 18, and this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to his son. And he gave him the name Jesus. In other words, Joseph did not make love to Mary until after Jesus was born. Jesus then had half-brothers, James and Jude. And you know, if you look in the library, a past podcast a couple weeks ago, I believe, I read the book of Jude, who claimed at that moment to be the servant of his half-brother, Jesus Christ. Now, part of Matthew's goal in writing his gospel was to show Jesus as the true Messiah for whom Jews had been waiting. And because the Messiah had to come from the line of David, it was important for Matthew to show Jesus's legitimacy by connecting him not only to David, but all the way back to Abraham. Another interesting point in Matthew's genealogy is the mention of five women, especially Tamar, Rahab, and Bathsheba, simply called Uriah's wife. Tamar had deceitfully posed as a prostitute to bear her children. We remember that in Genesis 38. Rahab was a prostitute in the city of Jericho. That's recorded in Josiah chapter 2. And Bathsheba was the woman with whom David committed adultery. And that's recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Now these are all from the Old Testament. Not only was it unusual for women to be mentioned in genealogies, but it was even stranger that Matthew decided to list three women of relatively low moral standing. The inclusion of Tamar, Rahab, and Bathsheba shows that God is able to use anyone, and I mean anyone, to accomplish his plan. God could have handpicked anyone to be in the genealogy of Jesus, but he included these and many other imperfect people to comprise the line that would eventually bring a son into the world. These women are an incredible image of God's sovereign desire to take what is broken and make it new. Matthew began his gospel by showing the legitimacy of Jesus and the redemptive power of God. 
So I wanted to stop there just to read the introduction, a chapter, and I wanted to also point out that recently someone wrote in and asked me if uh, it was on my YouTube channel where I share a weekly Bible series in a soft-spoken manner on video, and also I share daily devotional from this awesome daily devotional book called God Calling. Not Jesus Calling, that's a different one. This is God Calling, and it was from 1932, written by two anonymous listeners who just spent lots of time in prayer. One just wanted to end her life, and the other one was just very despondent, but they got together and they started praying and everything changed, and Jesus started to respond to their prayers, and it's called God Calling, and they they uh, wanted to remain anonymous, but an editor in London in 1935 just happened to see all these letters and he had to publish them. So they're published, and his name was A.J. Russell. He was the editor, but, and the publishing company was Barbour Publishing. Sounds French, Bar Barbour. Barbour, as we, the American way we would say it, or Barbour, maybe, French way of saying it. Anyhow, he was the editor, and they were the authors, but they chose to be anonymous. And so, anyhow, a listener from one of those asked me if I had any ideas on or tips on how to read the Bible, as far as reading it in a year or two. And the answer is, I really don't know. No, I'm kidding. I do know. I do know. I have some tips. The first is, well, first of all, if you've never really read the Bible, I encourage you to start with John, the book of John, because it really helps Jesus become alive and really helps you understand that Jesus was always around from the very beginning, even before the foundations of earth in the universe. He's part of the Godhead and it also shows that he was fully God and fully man. And then I, then I believe you should start with the book of Mark. And then uh, you should commit to reading about uh, three chapters a day, Monday through Saturday, and then five chapters every Sunday. And you'll get that, you'll, you'll read through the Bible in a year. If you can't go that quickly and you don't want to, and you really want to meditate and take it more slowly, then to read it in two years, just try reading two chapters a day. And in two years, you're going to, every day from Saturday to Sunday, and in two years, you're going to have all 66 books of that Bible read. Try it. And after two years or one year, whatever you plan to decide, let me know. It will be interesting to see. Uh, and that's it. That's all I have to say. So I hope this soothed you to sleep. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen.
Blessings to you. support button if you want to make a small donation of any amount so that I can continue this. It allows me the freedom to be able to continue this and I appreciate you so much. I hope that this is putting you to sleep. I pray that it It's okay. Yeah, there, there. Go to sleep. Yes. That's right. Just feel his arms of love wrapping you. Feel the warmth of God's love in your arms. And fall asleep in his arms. He promises to give to his beloved even in their sleep. Thank you, Lord, for giving each listener a dream and a vision of your purpose. 